What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined by my man, David Lake. Um, We are planning to talk a ton of recruiting here on uh, this episode of the podcast. We are officially, or I guess pretty close to, uh, the six months out from the early signing period. So, Going to dive a lot into to that, uh, and and then kind of get into some, uh, I, I guess, more specifics uh, with each position group. David, uh, how you doing, man? Doing all right. Want to thank people for the five star reviews on the podcast. Uh, I certainly enjoyed the Romello Brinson uh, commitment party recap podcast you and Gabby had. Also, want to. Thank people if they decided to sign up for the recent uh, two months for $1 VIP subscription promo we had for the website. So just wanted to thank everyone for for your support. As always, it means a lot to us and we'll keep it rolling. Yeah, man, Uh, that, that, the podcast or the commitment ceremony for, for Romello Brinson has, has quickly taken its own life. It seems like every time I do something or uh, on the radio or, or talk with anyone, they always want to bring that up. It's just kind of funny how it, it is what it is. You were there. It, commitment, commitment ceremonies can be fun. Uh, you can never tell which ones are going to be fun or unique, but there's no doubt that one was. Uh, it's definitely it was Gabby's first right so he's definitely never gonna forget that one no he he will not so yeah Uh, let's let's jump into this episode you ready yeah I'm ready team me up so I think you know basically what we want to do is you know it's around mid-June and so you know within the recruiting cycle it's basically the midway point uh, six months to go until the er early signing period you know As we know it right now, nothing has changed with the early signing period date happening around mid-December. So, and as we've seen during this early signing period time in football recruiting, it seems like more and more guys are taking advantage of that opportunity to sign. Will that change, you know, with this pandemic, with, with the lack of visits? We'll see, who knows, but I still think it'll be valuable to, to kind of do a, a mid-cycle snapshot position by position. So I think we should just start, you know, Miami currently has 16 commits in the class and they are ranked number 10 in the country according to the 24-7 sports team recruiting rankings. So things are off to a pretty, pretty strong start for the Hurricanes. And we should start probably with the most important position in football, which is quarterback and, you know, quite frankly, that's going to be the most important position for the Miami Hurricanes during this recruiting cycle. So, you know, in, in previous podcasts, we've definitely preached patience with, with Miami's strategy uh, with, with landing a quarterback in this 2021 class. And, you know, Andrew, take us into maybe the bullet points and what we need to know at quarterback, who are the main players, et cetera. Well, I, I don't think much has changed in terms of Miami fans are going to have to be patient. And it seems like what you see on, on social media and, and read on our message board through the smoke and other message boards is everyone wants a guy now. And I just really don't think that they're going to have someone committed 
by the end of the, the summer months, if that makes sense. I, I think this is more of a long game for Miami. Um, I know the name everyone wants to talk about is Jake Garcia and the hashtag Garcia to the U movement. And absolutely, Miami has picked up contact with him ever since the Trojans took a commitment from Miller Moss, another uh, top 24-7 quarterback. But the thing is, I mean, look, Jake Garcia is still committed to USC. Uh, he has not opened that recruitment back up, I mean, at least formally. So uh, I, I'm not ready to to kind of call that as like this sure. is a done deal. I think Jake's certainly a name to know. And and then the other name to know is probably Jalen Milrow, uh, the, the quarterback out of, out of Texas. He's committed to Texas, um, but he does seem to have a good relationship with Rhett Lashley. And we've talked at length kind of about both these guys. And um, I think – you know, right now, I, I think Miami could probably get one of them. Um, I, I don't know which one. I, I would lean towards Jake Garcia. I mean, I'm doing a, a mock class for our VIP subscribers. Uh, that's, that's coming out on Friday. Uh, so depending on when you're listening to this, I mean, you've probably already read it or you're going to read it. And, and Jake's the guy. And I also put another kind of line in there. Like, I'm, I'm just somewhat confident that Miami is going to get a talented quarterback uh, but I don't know if it like is going to be Jake or uh, Jalen Miller. Like a lot of things can happen over the next yeah. six months. Uh, I mean, there's going to be some movement. I know everyone everyone thinks there isn't I, with, with quarterback. There's there's cycles. I mean, every the guys commit early. Uh, everyone's offering early because they they don't want to miss out on a guy. Um, then then kids open it up and then they recommit and then. Uh, there, there's a shuffling and who knows how much head coaching changes we'll see at the college level this fall due to uh, COVID-19 and how that's kind of changed thing with some, some financials at certain schools. Like, I don't know if everyone's going to have as much buyout money as they used to think they would. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, it, what basically what I'm saying is I think they're going to get like a four-star quarterback. Uh, I would lean towards Jake Garcia or Jalen Miro being the guy, but if we're talking about someone me and you have never mentioned three months from now, I also wouldn't be all that surprised. I think it's worth pointing out the main reason why both of us are optimistic that the patient strategy is going to work out is because we are optimistic that Miami is going to put a product on the field on offense this season that will attract a quarterback. Um, I think if we didn't feel that way, we would be with, you know, in the camp of the fan base that is a little uneasy, a little nervous about the uncertainty of the quarterback recruiting right now. Um, but I think we, we are projecting, you know, towards the season in this new offensive system and with Derek King at quarterback, we are expecting Miami's offense to look pretty good this year. And like, go ahead. Let me, let me point this as well. Like, I feel more confident in Rhett Lashley steering the ship than like John Richt or Danny Enos, if, if yeah. that makes sense. Like that's just kind of why I feel optimistic. I think also too, it's worth pointing out. And we did this, you know, after Romello Brinson committed to Miami, we had articles up pointing this out. But if you look at the pieces Miami is putting in place to surround a potential quarterback, that would also be attractive to a quarterback, you would think. Um, you know, they, they've done a really good job with recruiting running backs in this recent 2020 class. And then in this 2021 class, they have the best back in South Florida committed in Thad Franklin. 
they're stacking impressive wide receiver talent. Tight end recruiting is still on point, still at a high level. And then really, I think the offensive line recruiting has taken a big step forward. When you look at the additions of Jalen Rivers, Isaiah Walker, I think you should also point out that Zion Nelson is still young. In this class now, they have one of the best centers committed in Ryan Rodriguez. So Miami it is going to be attractive on paper if success happens on the field this season. And I think, too, I know for me, I wouldn't expect Miami to land a Jake Garcia or Jalen Milrow unless you know, nine or 10 wins happens. I think if, if nine or 10 wins does not happen, then yeah, they're going to have to probably settle for a lesser quote unquote, lesser quarterback prospect. Do you think that's fair to say? I, I do. Um, you know, and, and guys are going to emerge. I mean, you also have to remember this cycle is so different than every other cycle. And I said, quarterback recruiting's accelerated, but we didn't get to see anyone on the camp circuit or tear up a spring game in certain states. So I, I think maybe some, some guys will, will emerge onto the scene and um, will we'll t- develop into not top arms, but um, will be risers in the rankings. So I, I would agree with that though. Like if, if Miami goes seven and five or uh, yeah. six and six, I mean, I think there's way bigger issues, but um yeah, they're probably not getting Jake Garcia or, or Jalen Milrow. So again, I know nobody wants to hear it, but patience <laughs> is going to be required with the quarterback recruiting. Um, you know, again, though, I, I think it, this is the right play. This is the right strategy. Uh, I think it's all going to work out in the end, and we'll see. All right, let's move forward to running back. This is a fairly quick position group, I think. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning, too, at running back. Last cycle, 2020 class, Miami landed two complete studs in Don Chaney out of Dade County, Jalen Knighton out of Broward County. So the position is in good shape in terms of young running back talent. In this 2021 class, they have Thad Franklin committed. He is, you know, he plays at Chaminade Madonna Prep, Broward County. In my opinion, he's the best back in South Florida in this cycle. Um, and Andrew, I know you've been kind of saying that Miami would be good with Thad Franklin, but maybe they might want to take one more guy. Uh, so the numbers there, one, maybe two guys at running back. How would that play out if they chased another guy? Oh, I, I think it's going to come down to, um, you know, who, sorry, I just got a really interesting text. Um, it's kind of taking me back a a little bit. Um, I think it's going to come down to the numbers situation. I I think that's what it's really going to be. Uh, look, Miami took two last, last cycle. They took two studs. Uh, they're still fighting to to keep Thad Franklin in the, in the class. I I agree with you. I think he's the most complete back down here in, um, South Florida. I know he, he slid out of the top 24, seven, but he's still a four star. I mean, I, I agree with that. That, that makes a ton of sense to me. Um, but if they can take, if they're going to take a second, it's probably going to be a guy like Amari Daniels. And I think the reason why they want to do that is is the thought process is, Hey, what happens if some of these guys on our current roster leave? Um, you know, I don't, you know, what, what if Cam Harris were to go pro, 
Um, and then, and then you're entering next season with like only four scholarship guys on, on the backfield. And what happens if Robert Burns was to grad transfer out? So, uh, I, I think, um, I think one for sure, but if they do take a second, it's probably going to be a guy like Amari Daniels, who's another South Florida running back. He's, he's an, he's a smaller guy. Um, had I think one of the fastest 40s recorded um, this spring uh, on the lasers uh, at least at that Under Armour camp at Miami so he's the one to know and uh, but I'll counter that by saying and it's kind of what me and you and probably every fan think is thinking like do they really need a second running back in this and I think the decision could be made if if maybe they don't get Amari Daniels or uh, they decide not to that's not going to work out probably save that number for for the class of 2022 because uh, the early returns are that's that's going to be a pretty good year uh, at running back. He's being recruited as a receiver, but he is kind of a thicker type build uh, guy, and he might be able to line up some plays in the backfield. Do you think? Let's just say hypothetically, if a guy like Brashard Smith jumps in the boat. Would he be looked at as, you know, potentially filling that second running back spot as like a quote unquote athlete, or would they still maybe devote a spot to recruiting a a second running back like Amari Daniels? I mean, I'm not really sure if uh, Burchard should be viewed as a running back. I think he only took four carries as a, as a junior at at Miami Palmetto. I mean, I I do agree with you. I just have some concerns about, durability in between the tackles I, I do think a, another recruit who would be in the similar type of mold is, is Joel Keith Brown who is, is at Miami Central um, okay he, yeah I know he's kind of like a run I see him I view him as more of a running back uh, in terms of that but that's an interesting theory in, in terms of if they ever got in a pinch down the line could they move up Rashard Smith into the backfield like I think he has this skill set and, and capability of doing that um, I, I, to me, what I think is a second running back is, is a luxury. It's, it's right. not really a necessity right now for Miami. And it's really going to come down to how the numbers shake out. And those numbers are getting tight, man. It's right. they're at 16 right now. And, um, there's a lot of, a lot of dudes left in play. So let's just transition now to wide receiver. Miami has two big time commitments in Romello Brinson and Jacoby George. And we've already, you know, touched on two of the targets that they are pushing for at receiver in Brashard Smith, Yul Keith Brown. Both those guys are Dade County guys. Both those guys are slot guys. Um, and then it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, but Jaden Alexis is a guy they're targeting as well. And Malik Neighbors out of Louisiana. Um, how would you handicap maybe – the number situation at receiver Miami might take and maybe who Miami's in a best spot for at this point, in your opinion. Well, I think bare minimum is three with the possibility there uh, of being four. And uh, it's, it's looking a lot better right now than it did a few weeks ago when, when they didn't have anyone committed. I mean, they got Romello Brinson, Jacoby yeah. George back into the fold. Uh, and now they're going to kind of take a step back and, and see who else they can get into the class. I think the dream would be like Jaden Alexis and Brashard Smith and uh, Malik Neighbors, like you mentioned, who is out of the Louisiana area. Like any combination of those three would be ideal. 
Um, I think a guy like Jaden Alexis, who was at Pompano Beach Monarch High School, um, he, he, he's got great track times, 10-7 kid, 4-4 on the lasers last summer, uh, or I should say on the hand at, at an FAU camp. Like, I think maybe he has the potential to be the best of, of that trio, but the other two neighbors on Smith are very good. So right now I think Miami, if I had to kind of like rank him, best chance would probably be Smith. Um, then, then I'd go Alexis, the, the neighbors. I think Texas is a school that is, has emerged as a legitimate contender for Alexis. And, and I wrote that on, on right. the site uh, on Wednesday. And then there's some, there's some Mississippi State smoke as of, as of late um, when, when it comes to neighbors. So I think it's a good start for Miami right now, given the fact that you know no one has really seen this offense. No one's been on campus. Sure. Um, and we'll see how they can – close it out like th- those three are, are in play but I wouldn't be surprised if if more names uh kind of emerge if that made sense and then you'll Keith Brown do you feel like he's going to take his time what what is your sense there on on his recruitment I think you that's exactly what he's going to do it doesn't sound like he's in much of a rush at all and if I'm kind of Miami I, I think that's I, I like the sound of that yeah um you know because it because I, I some of these other guys I think are going to make decisions before their senior season gets underway, like Brashard Smith and, and Jaden Alexis. So it would be, it would be nice to know kind of where things stand with them before you figure out if you have to really dig in and go get Yokeith Brown. So let's move to tight end, you know, tight ends fairly uh, buttoned up right now for Miami in this 2021 class. They have Elijah Royo out of Texas committed and Khalil Brantley out of Miami Northwestern committed. Arroyo, one of the most athletic tight end prospects in the country. Brantley, one of the top athletic tight ends in the state of Florida. So seems like Miami is in good shape with with two athletic tight ends committed. Seems like they're both going to be solid through the process. Is there anything more to say there, Andrew, except they've done a good job? Yeah, at tight end. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how the group could have got much better. Um, I've been assigned to writing a story next week uh, on 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 two four seven sports, like the main site. Um, who who's assembled the best tight end classes right now? And uh, Miami's definitely in the conversation. I, I will say though, Maryland has like four tight ends committed. I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I mean. I think you could take those two and put them up against any other duo that's that's out there and committed to schools. I mean, I like what Tennessee's done with with Hudson Wolf and, and Miles Campbell. Who, I mean, I, I think some Miami fans probably know, or if you follow recruiting, you, you've heard those names. Like those are those are two. But uh, man, I, I, I've said this in the past a bunch of times. I know Gabby has written about it on the site. You've written about it. Like I think. Elijah Arroyo is absolutely a top three tight end in this class. When you talk total total package, what he's able to do, so yeah. he's really good. And then, you know, it, it it's going to be hard to to for I guess Khalil to earn that fourth star. But I think he's a guy who can get on campus and and maybe outplay his ranking if that makes sense. Like right. uh, you you compare him a little to like a Larry Hodges, and I just think he's got a little bit more juice yeah. in that receiving game. Um, and so we'll see, but I mean, this is the haul that they needed to get after right. kind of missing out on, on Darnell Washington, uh, the cycle before. All right, moving on to offensive line. Miami has three guys committed in Michael McLaughlin, who's a developmental offensive tackle type. 
out of Broward County. They got Lawrence Seymour committed, who is a guard, physical athletic guard out of Miami Central, and Ryan Rodriguez, who is out of Miami Columbus and is one of the top center prospects in the country. Um, are they good with that group, Andrew? Are they going to take swings at elite guys? Um, how, how would you kind of characterize where things are, you know, finishing this last six months with this offensive line class? I know, I guess they got to keep battling to hold on to Lawrence Seymour. Is that fair to say? I'll say this. Um, I, I think Miami could, could sign these three and it would be probably their best offensive line haul um, since I've maybe been on the, the beat. I mean, this is a pretty dang good group, especially uh, I mentioned with Elijah Arroyo and the tight ends. I mean, I've had a chance to watch most of the offensive line class and I think Miami has done a really good job. So they have those three committed. Uh, I, I would say it's really four. I mean, you're counting Isaiah Walker almost from the last cycle. So you have four guys. Um, yeah. And I think if they take a, another one, it's going to be a tackle. Now they need to keep recruiting interior linemen because a guy like Lawrence Seymour, he's probably going to take visits. I think his recruitment's going to go a lot like Navon Donaldson did. And, and what do I mean by that? I mean, remember Navon was committed to Miami, um, but he, he took, he was at North Carolina, F Florida State. Like, I think he's a guy who's going to enjoy the process. And if Miami gives him a reason to come to Miami, then he's probably going to come to Miami. But you got to keep, keep your options open there. So I, I think if they can, they're, they're going to finish it off with – uh, a tackle and, and a tackle with some upside. Now, I, you know, Michael McLaughlin's probably more of the, of the project. So maybe a guy that's a little bit more polished, um, maybe someone that they could flip or, 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 you know, wh whoever emerges it's again, it's still early six months to go. Yeah. And, and I think it's worth pointing out too, you know, you touched on it, but Miami also has Isaiah Walker, Jalen rivers from the previous class. I think Chris Washington who signed in the 2020 class is an intriguing prospect at offensive tackle as well. I think too, you know, it's worth pointing out Zion Nelson, still a young guy and Ja'Kai Clark, still a young guy. Both those guys started as true freshmen. So I think the young offensive line is full of potential, full of talent. I think Miami's doing a really good job there um, right now. And that has not necessarily been the case here in recent years. So it's it's That's, like it's it's exciting for the first time ever to kind of like piece together yeah. uh, projected too deep, right? I mean, they have a lot of versatile offensive tackles that could maybe play guard and and allow another one of the talented tackles on the field. Or, I mean, they could go in a lot of different directions with the future offensive line. So. Again, that's that's a very good sign for Miami on the offensive side. I think we could uh, wrap this up real quick with the offensive recruiting. By pointing out, too, that, you know, Miami has the best kicker in the country committed in Andres Borregales. We all know after last season how important uh, field goal kicking is. So it's good that Miami has that guy locked up. Anything else to add there? Oh, well, I mean, I love the working theory from one of our message board posters that uh, uh, Miami should get Borgales to walk on for uh, a year in, in order to save a, save a counter. No, I, I'm kidding. No, I, he, he's good. I mean, we'll see how these, these kicker rankings, um, yeah. I, I mean, who, who knows, but it, he's a top five talent and I'm, I'm right. surprised you actually rolled with him on the, the offensive side of the ball, I, I guess. 
for special teams. Uh, uh, Scores uh, points. I, yeah, but when they're, they're li- when they're listed like an all-conference teams, like right. is, the, I, at the end. is the kicker on the – yeah, I don't know. All That's right. fair. I just put him there because he scores points. But yeah, we can. uh, We'll take a quick break, and we will return with the offense. Or sorry, with the defensive side of Miami's recruiting, which is interesting. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back, and we're going to now get into where things are with the defensive side. I think, Andrew, it's fair to say that for the most part, Miami's pieces on offense are fairly set. I think on defense, Miami still, you know, has some work to do with adding more pieces. They're certainly chasing some, some big-time talents on that side of the ball. And, you know, we've seen in the past, these past couple years, Miami has been able to close well on some big-time targets. So we'll see if they can do it again in this cycle. Um, let's start at defensive end. Um, first off, Andrew, just take us through the numbers. Maybe you're expecting at defensive end and who are the main players to know? Uh, this is, it's, it's not like the complete opposite of the, you know, what's going on on offense, but there's a lot of, of work in progress on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and there's a lot of big fish that are in play, like five-star talents. Um, uh, and as I constructed this mock class that I referenced earlier, I'm like, man, like you can go in so many different directions, especially on the defensive line. Uh, the two names I'm going to, I'm going to start with Thomas Davis, who is an edge rusher out of, uh, the Valdosta, Georgia area. I think I've mentioned him on the podcast in the past, former Mississippi state commit. He is all pro Miami on, on, the social media outlets. I know David, me and you are going to see him work out this weekend up in, up in Jacksonville. Uh, by all, by all accounts right now, Miami's in a good spot with him. I, I know South Carolina is also involved in that recruitment. Arkansas literally offered as we were taping this podcast. So we'll, we'll kind of see how things shake out over the next month or so, but I think he's someone that Miami could have committed. So he's one. And then the other, the other defensive end is Jabari Ishmael, a kid at Miami Columbus, lengthy kid, probably all six, five long arms, his father, Vic, is a member of Miami's strength staff. So um, those are two defensive ends I, I think Miami's in a good spot with. And, David, I don't know if you'd agree with me, but, I mean, does Miami really need to take more than two kind of edge no. guys? Yeah, after they're what, good. I think after, they're good. 
Yeah, yeah, and then the reason, and I, I, I did mention this in that three things I think, three things I know, like there seems to be a pretty good edge class that's emerged in state for the class of 2022. Um, so I don't think there's much, much need for Miami to kind of load up on pass rushers. I mean, if guys want to come that you like, you, you can get them, but I think they're going to be able to get away with j- just taking two. Yeah, I think if you look ahead, so, you know, Jafari Harvey – is going to be a redshirt freshman this year. They signed Chance Williams, who's going to be a true freshman this year. Cam Williams, who I'm high on, is going to be a redshirt freshman this year. I'm high on all those guys. You know, Chance and Jafari were four-star prospects that, you know, could play at a bunch of schools around the country. So the future of that position is bright. I think it's fine in this 2021 class to take developmental type defensive ends that offer intriguing physical traits for you to develop, you know, over um, a year or two period of time and see what you got in a couple years. And Thomas Davis, you know, his, what did he run in the hundred, like 10, nine something? Uh, he claims a 10, nine, one. I, I haven't been able to verify that, okay. but I've, I've heard administrators at, his high school will, will, will vouch for it. And I, I guess he's a guy who's run four fives multiple times on, on a hand timer. So bottom line, like he can move, even if it's on 11, move. 11, one or something like that, like yeah. that's faster than most defensive backs running. Right. So he's a, he's a, he's a defensive end that's on the smaller side, but he's got plenty of speed. You put him in a strength and conditioning program for a couple of years, see what you got. I think Jabari Ishmael, his length, is extremely intriguing. He's another guy that needs to, you know, get stronger, uh, gain some weight once he gets to the college level. And, you know, as we touched on earlier, Miami's defensive end depth chart allows Miami to have this luxury at defensive end. So if the Hurricanes sign Thomas Davis and Jabari Ishmael, my opinion, that's, that's a great haul there. And, you know, continues the trend of year after year after year, you know, under Manny Diaz's leadership and direction, Miami has done a great job stacking edge talent in recruiting. And you got to point out, like, they have gotten back-to-back years in the transfer portal, elite pass rushers. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying you bank on doing that all the time, but, you know, I, I think just given with where college football is going, the Miami's also got to feel pretty good about kind of that. Like, you can thrive in this scheme and – I know 24-7 sports did their kind of like position U rankings, and Miami was very good in terms of edge rushers. You know, they, they put right. some guys in, in the league. So um, I, I don't, you know, that allows for you to maybe not panic and, and just try to grab as much as you can. So let's go to defensive tackle. Um, Miami has two guys committed there in Alan Hay out of Shamanan Madonna Prep and Savion Collins out of Miami Palmetto. I know. Collins's commitment is maybe a little soft uh, compared to other guys in this class, but you know, nonetheless, he is still committed. Um, I feel like this position can go a lot of different directions, Andrew. Um, give us your take on numbers and maybe the dominoes that might happen, you know, different scenarios that might happen at defensive tackle in this class. Oh, this is this can go in a lot of different ways. Um, and I, we're going to, I guess you got to take a step back and, and kind of look at the situation as a whole. Uh, two cycles ago, Miami signed three interior 
defensive linemen and, and Jason Blissett, Gerard Harrison Hunt, and, and Jalar Hawley. We, if you listen to the coaching staff and me and David, we've seen them. Like those are all, yeah, good okay. athletic guys. And then this past cycle, Miami didn't take a true real defensive tackle you know they, they they got elijah roberts who we all think will eventually kick inside but i think there's a chance he could still be the big defensive end in, in miami's scheme well one of the more recent developments and and again i keep referencing what i wrote earlier this week is willie moise uh is still in play from from what i've gathered and, and what i've heard uh if you guys remember moise was the i think four-star defensive lineman out of hollywood chaminade madonna prep two-way player went, went on both sides missed most of his senior season with a with a labrum injury but he was a guy who held sec offers uh he didn't end up signing with miami on national signing day and that was because there was some um, uh concerns about his ab- ability to qualify we always talk about how important counters are uh, miami didn't want to sign someone with the potential of, of losing a spot if he wasn't going to make it into school uh, well, given how things uh, have gone recently with, with COVID-19 and, and the NCAA has kind of relaxed some of the admission standards, that's, that's kind of opened the door for Miami to potentially add Moise. Uh, so if Miami were to add Moise, uh, from, from what, I, what I understand, they would probably start him off on, on the defensive side of the ball. So now let's say you have Moise. Uh, you also got Elijah Roberts who could slide inside and there's another guy who, David, you, you pointed this out to me, Quentin Williams. You know, you watch some of his workout videos on, on social media, and he's, he's – I'm not saying he's put on bad weight or bulked up in any negative way, but he looks like someone who could potentially get it done as a, as a three or five technique. So, yeah. you know, now you have uh, – you actually ended up with two defensive tackles. And uh, I, I, I think if they do bring in Moise and, and start him on, on defense, it kind of alleviates some of the, the pressure that's needed to um, – go and find someone to, to pair with Alan Hay right right now. Uh, you mentioned Savion Collins, the kid out of Miami Palmetto. I think there's probably a good chance he flips to Florida. But, hey, what happens if Miami starts winning a ton of games um, and Savion Collins wants to stick with Miami and, right. and he wants to play with Leonard Taylor, the five-star defensive tackle out of Miami Palmetto? Like, uh, you know, they, they, those two have talked in the past about playing together, and, and Miami feels like it's made some headway – with Leonard Taylor in recent weeks. So I think um, if I'm Miami, I would kind of be a little bit patient with defensive tackle recruiting. I, I, I would get why you add Willie Moyes, just kind of given that whole, how I said that situation played out. Like now you don't necessarily need right now to get a second defensive tackle in this class. You can kind of see how it plays out. If you hit big and, and you think you can get Leonard Taylor, man, then now you have a five-star defensive tackle in, in, in this class if if things go south um I, i'm sure they'll be able to find someone to pair with alan hay so there are a lot of different options out there i mean i know this was a, a very lengthy response but yeah no it's <laughs> confusing i mean it's a position where they have a lot of numbers and they could potentially add more i think too with willie moist it's worth worth pointing out you know the thinking now might be defensive tackle but i think maybe down the road, he does have position versatility. Like he's played offensive line in high school as well. So let's say they add, you know, they have a strong season. They're able to add hypothetically a Leonard Taylor. Um, Let's say Quentin Williams grows into a defensive tackle. Let's say Elijah Roberts grows into a defensive tackle. They could flip Willie Moyes 
to the offensive line and have him working out at guard on that side of the ball. Um, so yeah, I, I think adding Willie Moyes, if they decide to makes a lot of sense. Tell me this, if let's say Miami, you know, doesn't add Leonard Taylor and Savion Collins flips to Florida and Miami adds Willie Moyes. Do you think that's it for this defensive tackle class? Or do you think they make a run at Christopher Thomas, who is from Fort Myers Dunbar, or sorry, Lehigh Acres, right? Yeah. Uh, over here in Lee County. He's committed to Florida. No, I, I think the, he's, a, he's a Dunbar. But is I'm he a Dunbar? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I know in the past you've said uh, Miami might make a run at him. Do you think that would be the case still if Miami adds Moyes or – they would just call it a class kind of with well, Hay and Moise. No, I, I think they're going to end up taking two. If Moise comes, you know, I, I don't really think it impacts it much. I, I guess what I'm saying, if Moise comes, they're, they don't need to get someone now, if, if that yeah. makes sense. Like they can, they can wait to see what they can get in December or February. Right. So uh, Christopher Thomas is a, is a guy to know. He's committed to Florida, was on campus for the junior day back in January where it's like thank god Miami actually held the junior day then because they were initially not going to hold one and that was um, the only opportunity a lot of these kids got to see campus so uh, he would be one I mean that he, we know Stroud's talked to him um, we and he's been on campus so he's one uh, I'm sure there's others Anthony Hunley remember he was previously committed right. to Miami he's currently committed to LSU you, you gotta think LSU could maybe over over recruit him and there's some other guys in, in the state. Um, so I, I think they'll end up with two. I'm just saying, if you bring it moist, it allows you to kind of wait and right. really figure out where you are with Leonard Taylor um, come you know, late November, early December. Right. right. And again, we said this with quarterbacks, but to get a Leonard Taylor, I mean, you pretty much have to win at least 10 games. I don't even think the nine wins is going to be good enough there. Do you think right. that's fair? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I do. Let me, let me ask you this. So like aside from quarterback is defensive tackle now the most intriguing recruiting position kind of like moving forward over the next few months? It kind of is. I mean, I, I am also intrigued about what Miami can get at striker, which we'll dive into a little bit later. Um, just because I, I count some safeties as strikers maybe. Um, but yeah, defensive tackle is going to be very interesting especially with the ability to land potentially Leonard Five Taylor. Star, yeah. The number one. Well. Yeah. Stud. So yeah, let's, let's dive into linebacker now, which I think the traditional quote unquote linebacker is fairly buttoned up. Is that fair to say with three commitments in Deshaun Troutman out of Orlando Edgewater, Tyler Johnson out of, is he at Killian now or South Dade? He's at Killian. Killian. And then Ja'Cory Hammett, who's at Miami Northwestern. So three traditional linebackers committed. I would, you know, I include striker, quote unquote, striker as, as a linebacker position as well. And to me, that's the interesting spot with linebacker recruiting because there's some potential there um, with big time prospects. I personally, you tell me if I'm wrong, but I personally would include James Williams there as a striker. If we're projecting in college, I know Miami's not going to tell them that. Miami's going to tell them they're recruiting them as a safety, and that's what every school is going to tell them during this recruiting process, but he's not going to be a safety. 
Right, um, right, right, right. I mean, Chase Smith too, right? Yeah. Is it fair to say he's a striker? So take us through the strikers that we need to know about. Okay, you mentioned it. Miami's pretty much done at linebacker from, from what I know. Um, they got some off-ball guys, Deshaun Troutman, uh, Ja'Cory Hammond, although I think Ja'Cory could kind of rush from the edge in certain situations. Uh, Tyler Johnson, and this is going to be some – new information like I, I, I I've heard that there's some people that think he could potentially play the striker role and I kind of so. got to see that see that before I believe it uh, the, the two wild cards that you mentioned in terms of strikers are are James Williams and, and Chase Smith and those are both like big long guys I mean James James Williams is going to be at a plantation of American Heritage my crystal ball is on on Georgia for him but that recruitment likely goes the distance and, and you know we, we saw what Miami was able to do last cycle with Avante Williams when they have a relationship with the guy so you got to right. think he's an option Chase Smith is is probably a better athlete than James Williams but of the the same mold he's up at Palm Bay um, Bayside which is on, on the state's eastern coast the, the state of Florida's He's like maybe the most intriguing prospect in the state of Florida this cycle, yeah. and no one's no one's really seen him. I talked to his high school coach on uh, Thursday, and it sounds like that recruitment is like crawling along. But sure. Miami's definitely in it. You know, his dad played at at four UM uh, back in the early nineteen nineteen ninety. So I think there's a good chance. You know, I'm not saying they're going to get either a Chase Smith or or a James Williams, but both those guys are in play and, and they would fit that, that striker role or really just the positionless role. I mean, yeah. I, in, in, yeah. And I think Miami, we're going to see a ton more of just that base package with, with the striker on the field. And like those guys can kind of play there. Um, one, one other, I guess, potential striker we kind of need to talk about is, is Cameron Kitches, the, the, the linebacker, or excuse me, the safety out of, of Miami Northwestern. You know, I, I had a chance to watch him work out uh, last weekend, and he's up to like 200 pounds. And yeah. and I think he's a guy, just given where football is going, and we always talk about this, he could be – you could play him in the box in certain situations. And I know that people are going to moan and groan about Miami just taking all these safeties, but I, I think position versatility is just so – so not key, but like Miami, just if they see that, they're gonna want that. And we saw that last cycle with with Brian Balaam and, yeah. and Jalen Harrell. Like you can, you can, those guys can potentially play three or four spots. And so um, it it'll be interesting to see who exactly like they they tab as the striker in this class. But they seem to be putting more just of an emphasis on just getting guys, and and we'll kind of figure it out later. Which is the approach I probably would be taking as well. Yeah, it's where the game is going. I think, honestly, it would be exciting to imagine, again, this is hypothetical, there's a long way to go, but let's say Miami is able to somehow land both Chase Smith and James Williams. If that happens, you find a way to get them both on the field together at that linebacker level. Like, you just say, okay, we're going to play two strikers or however (laughs) you want to categorize it. But, like, that is the future of the quote-unquote linebacker position. That's where everything's going. So I'm all for this strategy. I think it makes a ton of sense. You mentioned Tyler Johnson. I'll just say this. I, I remember seeing him last summer when you know schools were able to have football camps. And when Tyler was at South Dade, 
he was playing safety for his high school team and he did not look out of place, you know, dropping back into coverage, moving smooth. He, I think I could see him being a striker. Um, I could see why Miami might be open to that idea as well. Well, I mean, his brother's in an NFL safety, so. <laughs> yes, correct. Makes sense. So, yeah, let's move on to corner where Miami where there's, is. Where there's more scenarios. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, I mean, this has kind of been the trend, to be honest, with with Miami's cornerback recruiting under Mike Rumpf. And I know it frustrates the fan base, but honestly, like, if you look at it, it's kind of worked. The 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 strategy of take two or take a couple corners early in the process and then late in the process, see what shakes loose, see what you can get and maybe get a guy that can, uh, you know, come on the field early. So, you know, two cycles ago, we saw that with Christian Williams, you know, Mike Rumpf snagged a high four star out of the Louisiana area and Christian Williams last cycle, he got Isaiah Donson, who was previously committed to Florida State. Miami snagged him in January. I think Dunson has a chance to be pretty good um, when all is said and done at Miami. So, um, you know, in this cycle, the Hurricanes have Tim Burns committed and Malik Curtis committed. I think it's fair to say both guys are kind of developmental type guys at corner, um, which I think is fine. And then, so since they have those guys locked in, they're going to take some swings at some, you know, it's a long list, but some higher <laughs> yeah. level cornerback guys. So take us through maybe three or four of the guys that, that the fans should know about at cornerback at this stage that they're going to be chasing. Well, the big dream is uh, Jason Marshall, who was at Miami Palmetto, five-star corner. Um, you know, the only issue is Florida wants him, Alabama wants him and, and LSU wants him, but we keep we keep mentioning it. I mean, if who knows what happens if, if Miami wins a, a ton of games. He's been on campus before. I mean, I remember interviewing him like this time last year, and, and he pointed out how he thought David Feely was was uh, a great strength coach. So like he he knows about Miami. Uh, he's one. Nyland Green is a kid uh, out of the Georgia area. Um, I think it's becoming more and more clear that he's kind of a long shot. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's some others. I, I will say two corners that, that names uh, have come up mul- multiple times are, are Deuce Chet Chestnut. Excuse me. He's at uh, Camden, New Jersey High School, which is where Miami found Tyreek Austin Cave last cycle. I mean, he's listed at 5'11", but I had someone tell me that they think he's got some length to him. And that third corner spot that it appears to be they want a guy that – that does have length that is bigger. I mean, Tim Burns isn't that big. Malik Curtis isn't, isn't that big. So they're, they're trying to find one of those uh, bigger, more, more complete corners that can run. And that's kind of the issue. Normally you can find size, but the guy can't run or you can find someone who can run, but he doesn't have the size. So they're trying to find the, the, the perfect blend. And like, I, to be honest, I, I think we'll just keep seeing names kind of emerge and that's just how they're going to kind can of I, approach. Can I throw yeah. two names at you? Yeah, go ahead. Demarius McGee out of Pensacola got some SEC offers. Miami, I think it, you mentioned keeping tabs on him a little bit. They offered fair, officially fairly recently. And then Markevious Brown, who 
I think is originally from Pahokee, but has also has been playing at IMG Academy for a couple of years now. Is it fair to say those two guys we should keep an eye on? Yeah, I mean, I think Marquevious Brown is a guy they're going to watch um, this spring. He, he really didn't play much last year as a junior at IMG. I mean, they had Elias Ricks ahead of him, the, the five-star who's, who, signed with, um, who, who signed with LSU. So there, there was some, some guys ahead of him, which I think kind of, sure. uh, you know, there's not a lot of film. So, so who, who knows what, what to really think. Uh, Demarius McGee is really intriguing. I mean, I think I first brought him up like two months ago in one of the stories I wrote, I was like, Miami should offer this kid. And he's kind of blown up. I mean, he was going to name a top five and, and Miami had an offered. So they offered. And then the next day they made the, the top six. Uh, I, I think, you know, Ole Miss has probably done the best job of recruiting him. Georgia's in there. Tennessee is also um, trending up. And then Alabama just offered. So I don't know. It, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, he's, he's going to be the guy, right. uh, especially with no visits being being able to to kind of take place so we'll see i mean to me it's just really not a great year uh in state at at cornerback um so that's kind of that's kind of playing a little bit into this whole situation all right let's move on to safety um you know we mentioned cam kitchens but i think we should mention him here as well he's a guy who's you know planning to make his announcement in july at some point. Um, and then there's a few, other, a couple others, I think safety is worth mentioning, but Miami currently doesn't have any commitments from any safeties in this class. They took a bunch in the last class. What was the final count? Like maybe four, I think, if I have that correct, Andrew. Yeah, Keyshawn Avante, Balaam, and uh, Jalen Harrell. So not necessarily the biggest need in this 2021 cycle, but I still think in general for every recruiting class, you want to take at least one, uh, one guy at each position just to make the numbers kind of well-rounded every recruiting cycle. So tell us kind of what we need to know at safety, what the number situation might be there. Well, I mean, I, the, you, you outlined it like they don't need to take a safety at all. I think they're going to take one. That is the bare minimum. Um, I have, I think me and you both are, are crystal balls are on Miami for, uh, for Cameron Kitchens. He, he's going to announce on July 11th, Auburn, Texas A&M are, are the other finalists. I think this is an Auburn Miami battle and I'm continuing to lean towards Miami. So let's say they get him in the boat they're, I mean, they're only going to take one more guy if it's elite, uh, one name to know, Terry and Arnold, he, he's the nation's number two ranked safety. Uh, according to 24-7 Sports. He's out of the Tallahassee area. He's an elite. He's a dude. And, and the good news for Miami is he's not planning to make a decision anytime soon. Uh, another safety we should probably mention is, is Jardin Gilbert. He's out of the Baton Rouge area. Um, Miami's done a, a good job of recruiting him. Uh, you know, Blake Baker has ties to the Pelican State. So I think he fits what Miami wants to do on defense. And he's another one of those guys where it's like, man, I think he has a frame where he could actually grow into a linebacker. So uh, I, I should point out with, with them though, you know, LSU lost a commitment, a safety commitment uh, over the weekend. So I, I think they, they have yet to offer Jardin a scholarship, but they could now just, just seeing as how that they have a spot for a safety. So those are, those are really the names. I mean, James Williams could be tossed in there as well. Um, but it's, it's not a, a massive need. Uh, they're only going to take elite guys and 
like I said, Terry and Arnold, Jardin Gilbert, the, those are, those are vis, viewed as dudes. And the staff just really, really likes what Cam Kitchens brings to the table. I mean, nine interceptions as a junior for a Miami Northwestern team that won a 5A state title. You talk to anyone inside his camp, they'll tell you he is uh, the most intelligent football player on the field in terms of calling out schemes and, and directing guys around. And I, you know that like M- Manny and Ephraim Bonda, the co-defensive coordinator, loves stuff like that. So that, that's why they want Cam Kitchen so bad. I agree. I, I'm, we saw Cam at a seven-on-seven event in January or February. I forget exactly the month, but you could definitely see just his positioning. He, he understood where to be, where to put himself in those you know conflict areas that allowed him to make plays on the ball. So he kind of does have that knack, those instincts. He's not necessarily the most impressive athlete. You know, he's not the fastest guy. He's not going to jump the highest, but he always seems to be in the right spot, which matters. That's, that's a big deal at the safety spot. Let me, let me ask you, just because I'm curious, because I'm a fan of his, Corey Collier, what, what is the vibe there? Is, is Miami not interested anymore, as interested, or is Collier not as interested in Miami as he used to be? What's, what's the vibe there? No, I mean Miami made his made his group as well, and I think if this is any other year, like we're we're talking about how, you know, like he's such a big need. I I just think you know Collier, he's a Florida State legacy. Um, I've always got a Florida vibe from him, and, and so I, I you know I just yeah. like he's in play, and if Miami makes itself more attractive, then I think he's definitely going to want to take a harder look at Miami. I I just think out of kind of what is there like four guys at 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 Miami Palmetto that are that are not yeah committed committed right now like I, I'd probably rank him fourth that doesn't mean Miami can't get him I mean they're recruiting him they're doing the zoom calls and stuff it just seems like uh, you know he's he's towards that end but I do agree I think he's like a a pretty talented uh free safety and, and you know he was initially viewed as a corner but man if you uh, if you turn on the tape like he he has a knack for taking the right angles and He'll, he'll hit you, and I, I think he is, is someone that's only going to get much better once in college. All right, so that pretty much wraps things up. I think just big picture-wise, if we were going to say where things are, I think on offense, you know, it's worth saying patience at quarterback. I think everything else on offense is in a, a very good spot, in my, in my opinion. Defense, I think it's fair to say, you know, the base – of the class is committed at this point. And now Miami's in a position to take swings at some big, big, big time prospects. And I bet they land, you know, a few of those big time prospects, which ones they might be. I can't tell you at this point, but you know, Miami's defense has never necessarily been an issue on the field. And I think it's, it's going to continue to be an attractive place to play for defensive players. So Again, Miami has the number 10 class uh, midway through the 2021 recruiting cycle. I think Miami's done a good job thus far. Um, What is your take on things? I'll add this. I mean, you said it. Miami's number 10. We always know how Miami comes out of the gate hot. Uh, But I think number 10 right now with kind of the pieces that they have in place is pretty impressive given how uh, last season went with the loss to FIU and, and the loss to Louisiana Tech. And, I mean, we expected Manny to try to flip the script and, and turn things around with the new coaching staff. And, like, he, he did that. Um, 
but it, it's impressive that they're getting guys to commit when no visits are allowed to happen. They can't show off the, the offense during the spring. So they're doing all this by building relationships o- over the phone. So I, I think that that's reason to feel good about kind of where things stand. And we mentioned a ton of names on this podcast that Miami is in play for. If they string together the wins, they're going to get some of those guys in the boat. So uh, I, I think given all the circumstances, like you have to feel pretty good about where Miami is six months to go. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this mid cycle snapshot. I think it was a useful exercise and uh, you know, as always, please rate review. We love five star reviews, of course, um, you know, check out the website as well. Inside the As Andrew mentioned, we're going to be out on the road this weekend, checking out a camp. Um, so yeah, always working and we'll have plenty of content for you guys on the website. Appreciate you guys listening. Later.